Welcome to Queer Companion Podcast. My name is M. I'm a non-binary witch, sex worker, and raver from Berlin in Germany. How are you all doing? I'm glad you found your way here. Also, happy Women's Day. I say that with a question mark because it always brings up, yeah, like conflicting feelings. Um, Women's Day in Berlin now is a holiday since 2019, which is pretty amazing and does make me feel good, I guess. Um, it's a start. How about that? It is great that, that it is a holiday. I think so. But uh, I don't know. I always get these questions like, who's meant? Who's included in this, you know? And uh, I just have the assumption that it's not us. So maybe I'll just do this. Happy Women's Day to all of you trans women, trans femmes, people who were assigned female at birth but are not women, all queer women, all immigrant women, all BIPOC women, women who are homeless, who are addicted, who are in difficult situations. My love goes out to you. I'm so conflicted with mainstream feminism, <laughs> as you might um, be able to imagine. I'm sure most of you who listen to this do share this sentiment. I just don't think we need a movement that puts women and um, meant here are white, straight, cis women, middle class mostly, that puts these kinds of women into CEO positions. No, that's not gonna fix our world. Uh-uh. <laughs> um, I, I used to be a, a feminist for sure. And now I just don't, I just don't think that's enough. If you're not looking at the whole picture, you're not really helping the world. Anyways, <laughs> we are getting into this today a little bit in the conversation, not into Women's Day, but into representation. And, uh, representation that is missing for uh, trans and queer people and trans and queer kids in school. So I have a conversation for you today with my friend Jordan, who's a teacher. And we're talking about how to transform education. So we're trying to assess the situation of trans kids and queer kids too, mostly trans kids though, in schools. Um, especially looking at Australia, Canberra, where Jordan is teaching. And we're trying to develop some strategies on how to support trans kids in school right now. And we're also calling for a transformation of the educational system because we need a transformation of all of society really. I met Jordan uh, now, maybe three years ago. 
on the night of the full moon at the after party of a psychedelics conference. <laughs> Just the memory of this party is real good. As you can imagine, everyone was fucking tripping balls. That was one of the best crowds to watch. I remember that. <laughs> I was sitting in the corner. And I was a little high myself, just not as high as most other people in the room. And I was just watching everybody dance and I was just like, this is so amazing. Everybody was completely um, in the moment, in the music, you know, dancing in a way that was a full expression of, of themselves, which I think is such a beautiful thing to watch. Yeah, that was a good night. <laughs> Anyways, I got distracted <laughs> right now thinking about club culture. Does anyone miss, I also miss club culture. Yeah, I thought so. God damn. I danced a little bit in my living room last night. It's all right. It's not the same. I also want to announce that I am switching my my schedule a little bit. I will now, from now on, release an episode every other week. So every other Monday, there will be a new episode of Queer Companion Podcast. And if you would like to participate or if you would like to criticize or comment or give me any kind of feedback you can email me to queercompanionpodcast at gmail.com would love to hear from you and i'll leave you now and uh, hope you enjoy this conversation and i hope you're good hey jordan how's it going Hello. Do you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Hey, I am. I have before moon. <laughs> yeah, full moon. Did you get to do some moon gazing? I did last night. It's a bit um, it's a bit cloudy tonight. But I'm sure she's ready to come out soon. Yeah, she was gorgeous here. Super big, like bigger than usual. Um, mm. Jane and I went out last night to roam around a bit in the neighborhood and gaze at the moon. And then we actually uh, hung out at my place and we watched this documentary called uh, The Witch of King's Cross. And we both saw it. It's, a, it's about a witch from London. Turns out it was in Sydney though. <laughs> um, have you ever heard of Rosaline Norton? I haven't known, but I know the area King's Cross. Okay. Um, yeah, she was an artist in the 50s uh, and a witch. And she was like heavily persecuted by, by the police, of course. Very interesting documentary. I was thinking of you because I was like, oh, I've never seen anything about an Australian witch, actually. Yeah. Or maybe it's a sign we're coming out. I think so. <laughs> Um, do you want to jump right into the conversation? Yeah, sure. Cool. So my first question is, because I actually also don't know this, why did you become a teacher? 
Yeah, good question. It's a bit. It's not. It's not a straightforward answer, really. It's like I think a lot of teachers say that. Oh, I didn't choose teaching. Teaching chose me. And I always thought that was a really cringe thing to say, but uh, I guess that's kind of how it happens. Um, yeah, like I, I, I was doing tutoring and stuff when I was younger. And um, like was always, in, I always liked working in education and like the, the vocation of like sharing the knowledge and supporting people to do, to grow. Um, and it was like a, it was like a B plan, I guess, and until it kind of became a better, a better, better than my A plan. And What's your A plan? So embarrassing, but um, <laughs> so like when I was when I graduated high school, I got really good marks in maths, and my high school was like a it was a rugby school, so it was a sporting school. It wasn't academic school at all, and my math teacher like put me in to this university maths program um, in my final year. And the guys there, I kind of like looked up to and they suggested that I do actuarial studies, which is like a kind of finance superannuation degree. Oh, really? Um, yeah, so that's what I got into. Um, and it really lasted a year um and then i yeah and then i started taking other courses like doing sociology and philosophy and environmental science and i actually that kind of leads into why i remember doing a course like i by then i knew society was absolutely no good at all and like we did a course in this environmental science like part of my degree it's called drivers of change and um yeah, education seemed to be the best one out of like all the things we studied. Like we studied technology and business and religion and all these different basically institutions that can cause change. Um, and education, we didn't really go into that deeply, but it seemed to me the most reasonable way. Like, like working with children. If you really want to change things, it's better to like work with the young people and get them to change rather than like let people go down a, a rotten path and then try to change them after that and yeah no sorry please finish no that's pretty much it and, and then the more I kind of like did it as I was traveling I was like this actually really suits me like I can embrace my inner child and sort of also follow think like the path down education teaching also like was also my own personal discovery more about myself like I learned so much more about myself and how I want to be so the two kind of went hand in hand yes um what's your idea of education I know that's a very broad question but I'm but I have I have a feeling that you have an idea behind it <laughs> that's why I'm asking of like of like what it is or what it should yeah, be what it can do with education i guess well i like i always thought it was like to just nourish growth yeah. um but i actually recently we've got this quote of the week thing in our staff room and 
I like it's been the same thing since I've been there. So I rubbed it out and um I don't know if you know the ed- etymology of education or educate. I don't. But there's like there's like two sort of words. There's edu I don't know how to pronounce it. Educare is how it's spelled. Like E D U C A R E, which is like a late of like a more recent version. And that was kind of like to form or to mold. Um and before that was like educere or ed- educere. I don't know. It's like E-D-U-C-E-R-E. Mm-hmm. And that was like, that came from like X and ducere or something like that, where it was like to lead out or to bring forth. Um, and I remember like hearing that ages ago and I was like, yeah, that is actually what education is like. Who's who's the fool who thinks that they've got some wisdom that only they possess and they can pass down. It's like, it's really just pulling out the knowledge and the wisdom or the reality, which is available to everybody and helping people sort of wake up to that really. So I resonate much more with that kind of model of like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a passer down of truth or knowledge or whatever. I'm more like, I don't know, you're probably like familiar with like the guru disciple sort of relationship where like the guru or, you know, people who seek out gurus, they don't just like tell them all these knowledge and facts. It's more about trying to, like a finger pointing at the moon, like trying to help somebody else awaken to whatever the reality is that they're seeking or the answers they're seeking or that. So, I guess my view of education or my idea of it is that it should be like that kind of relationship, not a, not a downloading of information, but a more spiritual education, I guess, or awakening. Like a holistic model. Yeah, totally. The academic model is flawed in my eyes. It's like one little aspect of knowledge that has been dominated by our industrial developing world hijacked i guess i should say like framing this sort of particular kind of intelligence as the one that's tested and valued as opposed to all the other ways of being and knowledge that there is Um, I want to ask you this and I didn't, uh, I didn't give you a warning that I would do it, but I feel like I'm not very up to date, um, when it comes to your gender identity, but the last conversation that we had about it, which is now years ago, you mentioned that you said you've identified more like as fluid. Is that still the case? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Fluid and non-conforming really. And how do you feel that plays into into your way of being a teacher? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't really know any other way. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't publicly like announce to my students, um, "Hey, I'm Jordan. I'm gender non-conforming. This is." I kind of like let people 
like let it come up in conversations where I think it's relevant um, rather than uh, announcing it from the beginning. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't really, I mean, I go to the, I go to male toilets at school just because there's only a male and a female toilet. Um, although I have been into the female toilets and I scared somebody, so. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm not a radical in it in terms of like trying to create i've also just sort of established myself at this this school um trying to feel it out a little bit first about what the what the culture is did that answer your question yeah yeah totally i mean i think we can also um i think that's a continuous uh conversation also like how to you know support other people in those identities but maybe we're just gonna we're just gonna go to that for our listeners because i don't think anybody else is from australia really um sorry not in the world i mean just uh, people who listen to this um what's the situation of queer and trans kids in schools in australia also very broad maybe you can also limit it to your school if if you would prefer that yeah, at least, to, at least to Canberra where I'm living now because it's quite an isolated city. Um, and although it's getting a little bit more progressive, it's it's definitely probably the least progressive city in Australia. So, and I haven't really spent much time in the big cities. Um, so I can't really speak for those places. But there's definitely still a, like a heteronormative hegemony here um, in Canberra and not i mean there so the two school two main schools i've been at we have uh, there's been a pride club and a saga club which is for like lgbtqi plus all um all identities really to like a, a safe meeting place to have conversations and to connect around gender and sex um issues and things like that but that's definitely just like a little pocket of support um and it's it's still like against the stream of things like it's not something that's really publicly talked about or endorsed um in newsletters and stuff like that or um yeah and, and like i i just i'm i'm witness to a lot of homophobic slurs and just macho behavior really which is a bit which makes me feel like it's and like coming from berlin is where it's totally totally different in my experiences there um australia or canberra seems quite backward in that mm. uh, but i like i have the feeling that it's definitely changing and i think the internet probably has a lot to do with that in these like more isolated places for people to form communities and um, to be supported. Uh, do queer and trans identities and sexualities, I should also say, even show up in education? Like let's say in textbooks or in sex ed or in, uh, philosophy or 
do you feel like there's any representation at all? Well, I, so for my induction training, um, we did a lot on inclusivity and there was a great um, like video of a trans person in high school explaining their story. Um, and they were quite a good ambassador, I think, um, for that. And we like, we were all shown that and that's on a, like, there's a government website um, that that's on and it's sort of speaking towards inclusivity. Um, so that, yeah, it's represented in that way. I don't, I don't know. It's kind of depends on teachers and what resources they use, I think. Um, in terms of like representation in other classes. I know that I have one year seven student who confided that they're experimenting with um, pronouns and their own gender identity. Um, and they were like, they wanted to be called they, but they're, they're not like in, they weren't, they didn't really seem confident. Like it just seemed like they were quite mature for year seven. Um, just saying like, yeah, I want to try this for a while. Like I don't, I don't want everyone to know, like you don't have to announce it, but you know, I'd prefer if you call me they, um, which was really cool. Um, yeah, that's about, well, like, Showing up, like I, I've got a friend who's um, queer, who's a teacher at the school and she's out as queer and like is about to get married and amongst the staff. So yeah, but I think otherwise like there's like for all our like systems and there's there's no real option for gender anyway it's it's only binary gender options in terms of like profiling students um, and the, like the options they have for bathrooms and stuff like that it's there's not really much infrastructure i guess around that or differentiation which is a big keyword for education about yeah like providing texts or um, Do you feel like materials. sorry? Um, do you feel like it's it's a topic that is in the awareness of the teachers, or is it still very um, marginalized? Still quite marginalized. I think even like a lot of open-minded people of the teaching um, don't really feel that comfortable around it. Um, I remember telling a few teachers about my year seven student who asked for they um, pronouns and just the vibe wasn't really like, they, they seemed a little bit unsure about what to do there. Um, but I like the school I'm at is pretty low socioeconomic area. And um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I also don't have that much of a like picture perspective. Like if I'd been teaching in this, system for 20 years and I, I feel like I could speak a little bit more confidently from the but my sample of the population is quite small I guess mm. um, but yeah I feel like there's so much potential though because 
because like a teenagers because i work at a high school right so and teenage like that's the time when teenagers are all experimenting with their identity and i feel like because of that it's almost like a way it's like a it's an inlet to introduce um conversation around it and yeah i just feel like there's so much potential for like leadership in that area and it's something i haven't really seen at schools at all but at least in my understanding of teenagers um it's a time where yeah like well i did and i see most teenagers trying on different identities and different like just experimenting with who they are and finding out what what is true to them um and like usually that comes through like oh like i'm going to try sports or i'm going to try and be a rebel or i'm going to be a clown or i'm going to smoke or i'm going to be into this kind of book or whatever but i think the the gender sex experimentation is very like rigid at the moment it's kind of not really accepted or not really um yeah it, in a way i think that a lot of teachers are aware that students are experimenting with lots of things and there's there's support and leniency around that but i don't think there's as much support as there could be around experimenting and or discovering i should say mm. like people's gender and sex identity um but that's like there's a potential in that i see and what do you Just, think what how to support um queer and trans youth in school as a teacher to do a better job than what you were just describing yeah well, it, it almost like to do a to do a proper job people have to have gone through that themselves and like because I, I feel like there'd be a lot of suppressed adults who haven't have never had the space or um support to go through that themselves and so until you're able to have that discovery of your own gender and and sexuality then I'd, it'd be hard to be able to support and guide young people through that um like you'd almost be like carrying baggage that you wouldn't be aware of if that makes sense mm. but having said that there's there's so many people that are able to do this and even if they don't become like if you get one of these people and they become a teacher that's that's an awesome asset to have at your school um but if not you can maybe get people in um to run workshops or to to just i don't know run clubs um and to guide that process or even just to speak to maybe it's something that i will grow into like to speak to a cohort of students about that um yeah in that just just kind of like share with them like yeah this is a time of your life where your body is changing and everything's changing and you're naturally trying to get away from your parents and form other bonds and that's a time where you're going to experiment a lot with where you fit into different things um and it's you know it's totally okay to experiment with this and if you have friends who are experimenting with their gender or their sexuality then be supportive of that and that's how you can form deeper connections with somebody when you're able to share and support people through this um 
maybe we just maybe we just sketched a little pathway in for me into the future <laughs> yeah. I'm speaking about these potentials but so nice to like talk to someone and say it out loud it sounds like um the problem really starts at the education of the teachers right yeah 100 percent yeah education and experience like i feel like yeah it's almost like they have you have to go through that yourself in order to be able to be there and to guide that process or yeah have some insight into it anyway i'm curious i don't know if you know this because you i'm assuming that you don't teach sex ed but i don't know if you do um <laughs> Is there any point where where the kids would learn about a trans person? Like, is there any point in in their education where that comes up? And if it's sex ed, which is, I think is a little bit stupid because trans people shouldn't be put into sex ed, but um, or like <laughs> trans identities, it's not necessarily the same topic. But um, is there at least something like, oh, and this is what a trans person is, or like this is what a queer person is, or something? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And I, I don't, I'm actually teaching two PE classes, which I think, I know that, I don't think I'm teaching the grade where they go into the birds and bees sex ed part. Um, is it really still like that? <laughs> Sorry? Is it really still like that? I don't actually, yeah, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, like, but I can find it out and I, I should and yeah it's weird I, I agree that I don't necessarily think that the trans like information about trans should be going into that sex ed part but there should be it should be somewhere um yeah maybe in I don't know where it would fit into there's so many things that need to be talked about and cultivated in schools as the education um, but there's just they don't fit into the academic disciplines of the curriculum mm. they never they never do you know there's it's 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 called the hidden curriculum i call it anything <laughs> of, of what really should be done. it's about trying to tick all the boxes so that the parents and the principal and everyone thinks you're being a happy little veggie might and doing your job right mm. but then you once you take all those then you actually do the necessary stuff all the, the things that you feel are needed for the particular cohort of students you have yeah i guess that's kind of the ties into the question of is inclusion enough because well, I think there's a, especially, you know, in more like radical queer and trans communities, there's a lot of discussion about like, do we want to be included in a system that by itself is uh, built on capitalism, white supremacy, um, sexism, racism, and all of these difficult um, ways that our, our world is, is made up in. Um, or, would the real um, 
task be to 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 really transform education in a way that is um diverse and 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 already like takes all of different takes a variety of different lifestyles of different identities of different um uh, cultural differences uh, and 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 identity uh, markers into account without having to uh, uphold a system that in itself is violent. I mean, that's that's how it is at the end because I feel like it's you know what you're saying is um, it doesn't fit anywhere and it's like. Well, why doesn't it fit anywhere? Because the system isn't built for trans people. <laughs> it's built for cis people. And then inclusion is always like trying to get a foot in the door and being like, well, by the way, we exist and please use the right pronouns. But um, there's, there could be, or we can, I guess we can easily think of a different way of doing it better, which is to, <laughs> teach kids from age zero that there are various pronoun options and various gender options and various sexuality options and different lifestyles and different choices <laughs> and different, yeah, forms of discrimination. Mm. I just went on a rant. <laughs> no, it was, it was a good one. Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting way to look at it. It's, there, there would need to be complete unity within the queer community and in order to completely like reject I, I don't know if there are people like queer or non-cis people who are happy in the system or if there's things about the system they'd want to keep like if everyone else if everyone in that community is pretty awake to the fact that the system's yeah built on this idea of separate selves and dominance and control and all the isms. Let me tell you one thing, it's just a side note, there's definitely no unity in the queer community. <laughs> but I also think that's like, uh, that's the whole point of it. Sorry, yeah. that's the side note. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, it's like a, it's not just it's not just queer people that need to reject and revolt against the system it's it's a whole bunch of people for a whole bunch of different reasons need to move on from that system and yeah maybe maybe the way is for those people to unite against the system and create you know the alternative um, and just sort of unify over that aspect um, and then that would create, you know, an, inclus an inclusive, like everybody's welcome there, but nobody, everybody's equal, everybody's included. Um, and people who want to bring any forms of dominance or hierarchy or any kind of discrimination, that's like the only caveat, that's the only thing that's not welcome. Like, that behavior or that belief or that attitude is not welcome, but you are welcome as a, as a being. Yeah, that's the kind of education system I would love to bring. 
just that good old education system is funded by the government, which is funded by <laughs> the businesses, which is the, the track we're in. Yeah. No, I think it's really important to have this uh, double way of looking at things. One is to have actual strategies that are possible right now. Um, for example, you know, trying to respect the students' pronouns um, mm -hmm. and also teaching that they pronoun is an absolute like possibility and that actually people use this and you know, there is, there are a lot of people out there in the world that are probably not visible for kids in high school because, yeah, for obvious reasons. Um, but that exists. And, but then at the same time, also think about like, what would be a, like a radically better, better way to do this? Because I always find that um, these systems that control us uh, and like cis hetero patriarchy, I guess is the one responsible mostly for um, the exclusion of and marginalization of trans people. Um, but they they wanna like, they wanna put us in a position where we are uh, so, so preoccupied with our survival that that the bigger picture isn't even accessible anymore. Um, you, do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's like, yeah, yeah. Um, that's why it's so important to think about what would an ideal or maybe not even ideal, but just what would a better education system look like <laughs> and a better society, of course, that would come with that hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important, like you said, to, to keep both things going, to kind of make sure to beautify or to harmonize things presently as best as possible, but also not just accept that and work towards um, a more equal, just um, open, better future. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. Um, and I also really think that um, for now, maybe just including trans identities and queer identities into the curriculum and in, not in a marginalized uh, compartment, um, but like sex ed, but everywhere. I want to see trans people everywhere, you know, like I want textbooks where a uh, non-binary person is correctly gendered. And, um, and I want representation of, of trans people of color and of indigenous trans people and, uh, and, and have that from kindergarten, please. <laughs> so that it's not this like later, like this mentioning of, oh yeah, and then there's some like weird people who do this thing. Um, so that it's yeah. you know, an option for queer kids, because I still feel like there's this belief, I mean, I can only talk for, for Germany or Europe, but there's this belief that when you're sitting in front of a large group of, of people, you can just talk from a cis um, and heteronormative perspective because people just don't think that trans people and queer people are out there. 
but they are. <laughs> I mean, you can just look at the percentage of like how many kids, let's say like how many kids of the ones that live in my house will turn out trans or queer, like at least two or three. And that alone, like that's just from a pool of like 20 kids or something. And, and I feel like there's just not this awareness that we are here and we're listening to what you're saying. <laughs> so um, I really think that that is a beginning that would change a lot already because honestly, like seeing, like being represented and even, even if it's only in like some uh, stupid TV show or whatever, it means a lot. <laughs> um, and I also feel like for, I think probably for like Generation Z or whatever um, you would call it, it's a bit different because of them growing up with social media, which then has other problems. But, um, yeah. but probably like, uh, I came out as non-binary when I was like 28, 29, just because I didn't know that non-binary people existed. <laughs> and how awesome it would be if trans kids knew a little bit earlier and, and could, you know, could live that way and not like the generation before me have to come out when they're 40 or 50 and lose their families because that is still happening. Yeah, and I wonder if that plays a part in it just that that generation gap like it needs a few generations of waking up um to kind of provide that like it, it's not going to change people the way they want to be but it, it might immobilize oh not immobilize like it might like lay down uh, avoid some of that fear that students have um, or that young people have about you know, of losing their family or um, causing causing drama. Because I, I remember I, when I was in Germany actually teaching, I had some a student came out to me um, that they wanted to start wearing binders and they were scared to tell their parents and they wanted me to meet with their parents um, at a restaurant to tell them. Oh, wow. To tell them. Um, yeah, I can't believe I didn't remember this. It got it got a little bit. Um, difficult because this child then didn't come to school and wanted to wanted me I wrote a letter to their parents um, but yeah that just kind of like highlighted how how much of a struggle like because I was only I was only there with the student for like a week and we we developed like a, a pretty deep connection I think I'm, it was a pretty small town in Germany um, and I, we must have breached the topic of gender identity and they like confided in me like their after school one day, like their whole story and experience um, and felt really empowered by that, like being able to share it and supported by another adult. But yeah, they then wanted me to come to like to a dinner with their parents so they could they could kind of come out. And I remember just feeling like super like not like yeah like super grateful at the beginning I was like I've got this opportunity but then just sort of really scared that like well I don't know this I'm gonna leave in two days and I don't know what kind of situation I'm putting this child this student in 
and that they'd, they'd already confided in me that this they'd tried to talk to another teacher and their school didn't allow it at all so it was like this, yeah it was this gnarly situation actually but like yeah that just reminds me of how like a lot of a lot of young people like nonsis would be going through that dilemma in their mind um you know of, of, well do i like leave my family or like risk this sort of exclusion super hard and i like my hope is because i feel the same as you i feel like i feel the writing like it's inevitable like you cannot you cannot deprive people justice and their own who they are you can't you can't do that and especially you can't do that anymore anyway maybe there was like mad systems of power that could do that for a lot in the past and burn people and whatever but now like we like there's there's ways of holding people accountable for that so it's just a matter of time until this comes until equality is is bought out or realized it's more just now it's like a, a waiting of generations to be more accepting and yeah i think like there's there's things we could definitely do and i feel like if we were able to get in like a stronger representation in community and maybe tackle things like this like education being like actually you know what i'm going to become a primary school teacher because if i can get a if i can normalize this to a bunch of primary school kids by the time they're in year seven they're not even going to worry about this sort of stuff because it's going to be normal to them. Um, those sort of things will definitely accelerate it. And I'm sure there will be people that will go on these. And that's just like one example we've come up with. I'm sure there's much even better ways to, um, to propel the movement and open an open, open society up to it. But yeah, I think it's just a matter of time really. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's the little activist in me coming back is like trying to not to like yeah to dedicate or to like surround my and to orient myself around sort of deeper social issues like this um and move like and work on projects that are going to accelerate that um so yeah maybe you've i think you've unlocked another little spark within me this conversation <laughs> and I do really think that the story that you told um with the with the trans student that you were supporting I really think these moments even even if they're so short and even if you you know didn't stick around at the same school or whatever I really think they make a huge difference especially for teenagers because queer and trans teenagers especially I I think just have this feeling of being utterly alone often and if there's just one person who can support and see them in whatever way even in the smallest way I already think that makes a massive difference so mm. that's that's really awesome that you were able to do that yeah I mean the pleasure was mine Jimmy. now that I remember I left a definite impression on me as well and yeah. helps nurture my growth a lot too they were quite inspiring yeah. i mean i also i'm i am optimistic i'm just i'm i'm just impatient to be honest 
because there is so much great work happening. Um, and there is so much knowledge out there. It just takes so long for institutions to change and for systems to change. But um, I think let alone the fact that I uh, grew up not knowing that trans people existed and now the kids do because of what happened in the past 10 years because of this like, um, like increase in representation and information that already is just wild how fast that went. And uh, I have a friend who has a, my friend is trans and uh, he has a kid uh, who's now maybe nine or something. And they came out as, as non-binary um, already to their parents, which I just think is so, that gives me so much hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then the more, the more happens, the more exposure there is, it's going to like snowball, surely. The more exposure, the more people that come out, the more people that have exposure with the more people out and support networks and Great. Should we leave it on that positive note? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I was just thinking about like your um, your impatience but optimistic uh, thing, and it, it it's bucked a few things in me. Like, don't I don't be bad. Like, keep that because I think that anger is something that like I used to always think anger is no good and it's bad and like you got to avoid anger, but I think it's a natural emotional reaction to injustice and yeah there's there's good ways and bad ways to channel anger like I think aggression is probably not a healthy way to channel anger but there's also lots of it's also invigorating and passionate and it's a, it's a sort of energy that creates the positive change that needs to happen um so don't don't uh what's the word I'm shocking at words today, sorry. <laughs> don't dull or don't like, pa don't pacify your anger in that sense, keep it, yeah. channel it well. And, and remember that, um, or just like, like you said, in the last 10 years, the amount of evolution our species has made around this thing, like it probably took thousands of years to evolve our fingernails or something like that. Imagine, <laughs> imagine, wait, imagine waiting to be like, to create fire or to like to crack a rock open those early steps of evolution in humanity now we're just like it's actually possible that we'll actually we'll get to experience this in our lifetime which is amazing and we've already we've already lived pretty long juicy lives lifetimes as well already and there's there's still so much more potential to come that's that's the one mad positive of our age i think is that's that the potential to literally take over it on the planet and start this fair, just society is could happen in our lifetimes. Yeah. Let's hope. <laughs> it will happen for sure. I'm so uh, I'm so convinced of it. I don't know if I'm going to live to see it, but it doesn't matter because it will happen. Yeah. All right, Jordan, thanks so much for talking to me.
it's my absolute pleasure. Um, enjoy your sunny day over there and your full moon tonight. Thank you. Um, yeah, take care. <laughs> Bye. Bye to all your listeners. Thanks for all the listeners. Come to Australia whenever you want. As bad as I said it was. <laughs> it's not as bad as I said it was. There's lots of. <laughs> well, the weather is pretty nice, and you don't have so many COVID cases. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard that? Have you heard that joke about like a pilot when he's flying to Australia? No. The pilot's like, "All right, we're like descending into Sydney." It's degrees and just turn your clocks back 20 years because it's fucking pretty old here <laughs> 20 years oh wow <laughs> that's the joke about how far australia is behind the rest of the world in terms of progression do you really think that's true 20 years that's a lot no i don't think it's that it's like... <laughs> do you have then... internet? <laughs> do you have what you have internet yeah we've got that now we're moving up. We've caught it. We've caught up. Light speed. All right. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Thanks. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you have any ideas or materials on how to support trans kids in school that you want to share, I'd be happy to hear from you send uh, an email to queercompanionpodcast at gmail.com. I think it's a very interesting conversation to be had and, and it's just starting. I really am curious to see where this goes. And uh, yeah, would love to compare in 10 years and, and see if there was a change, I mean. Hopefully, yes. <laughs> um, if trans people are more included in the curriculum, if they're more included in the textbooks, and so and so. Yeah, I hope you're all doing all right. I hope you're keeping your heads up. One day this lockdown will end. I'm sure it will. <laughs> I also re uh, realized that I forgot to wish all sex workers a happy Women's Day. Damn, oh, I can do it now. Happy Women's Day, all sex workers. I love you. You're doing very important work. All right, take care. <laughs>